following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Back in Studio B for another edition of The Intentional Foul. It's the Turkey Day Thanksgiving edition. Thought about, like, top five best things or something, and I didn't put any thought into it. So We could have done uh, top five best Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving game games memories. involving the Lions, because then we wouldn't have ever even gotten to five. We only came up with two of them now. <laughs> Josh and Dan, back with you. Thank you for listening, downloading, happy Thanksgiving, all that stuff. Um, I haven't checked ahead. Oh, great. Of course you have all the Thursdays. Great job on the prep, by the way. We have to mention this. I come in, sit down, and I get handed three sheets of of prep of what we're going to break down and everything that we're going to talk about, and uh, you do a really good job of, of putting it together. Um, and I have to commend you because I don't think I've ever mentioned that, and basically... We run through it, and it's all seamless, and you do a good job. I don't know how long it takes you at work, whether you have time to kill or not. Yeah, I mean, usually I put it together in half hour, 45 minutes. That's, it's not. It's just pretty basically good. a rough outline. No, I like it. It's good. Yeah, it kind of gives us something to go by. It's good so. notes. Do you have all the notes saved? No. Okay, I was no. wondering, like, in, in maybe if we're still doing this in five years, you can go back and no. see the first couple and nope, see nope. The, whether it's evolved or what we're talking about or anything like that? No. Okay. I don't do that. <laughs> all right. All right, uh, as usual, we're going to spend a bulk of our time on the NFL. We'll talk about the Bears and the Packers um, from Sunday. We'll talk about the Thanksgiving games, obviously. Badgers coming up on their last game in football. They're just getting started for hoops. They're uh, playing tonight as we record this on Monday against Richmond over at the Barclays Center. And uh, we'll touch on Marquette and uh, the NBA and then a uh, player who won't be returning to the Brewers next year. So all that and more on deck. And away we go with what you texted me when I was, I think I was just coming home from seeing Frozen 2 on Sunday down in McChesney Park with the family, and you texted me something about, this. Is, did you, do you still have it well, saved? No, but I have, okay. my, I have my tweet. I, I had, As soon as I hit send to you, I had forgot you were at the movie, yeah, so sorry. you weren't watching it, but... Um, something about this is the ugliest game in the history yeah, of football or I, something. I, I tweeted, it's hard to put into words how poorly coached this Bears team is and no. how, how awful this game is. And uh, the Bear-Giant game is about as low quality an NFL game as you can get. Okay. Um, That's good. Yeah. I mean, So you were hate-watching? I mean, it was on. I wasn't watching intently. I was, you know, waiting for my stuffed pork chop and, and baked potato to get done. Sure. Um. As you can tell from our voices, especially myself, I'm a little banged up, a little, yeah. little uh, playing at less than 100 yep. percent here the last few days. But got some deep tones. It, uh, yeah, I mean, just you know, ugly game. Guys missing kicks, and Trubisky had two of the worst interceptions. I mean, I heard some people today say, "Oh, well, you know, Trubisky didn't play that badly." It's like. Yeah, you just you're looking at the stats. You didn't. He watch almost the threw game. for over for 300 yards. He Great. Had two of the worst interceptions that you can throw as a professional. One of them in the end zone. Um, he didn't get any help 
you know, he, he's got guys dropping passes. I mean, Broniker, the guy yep. playing tight end for Trey Burton, he had one. I think the Bears were on the 30, and uh, he had, uh, I mean, a wide-open touchdown. He had nobody within 10 feet of him, and it hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. Oh, my God. Um, it's just the, that team is a mess. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, they won the game because the Giants are awful and yep. they're not really even trying to win at this point. I don't know why you would. I don't Play, know why anybody you know, would. Playing a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, they got Saquon Barkley, who's very good, but they're keeping his touches to a, a, a reasonable number. There's no point in killing Burning him. Burning him out, right. You know, so I think he only had like 15 carries, maybe two catches. Okay. Um, once again, the Bears can't run the ball. 19 carries for 47 yards out of Kona Montgomery. Um, Trubisky had some had 25 yards scrambling, including a touchdown run, but I don't really count that as really part of their rushing attack. Um, lost Bobby Massey, their right tackle for the foreseeable future now with a with an ankle injury. So now the um, there's two starting linemen with him and Kyle Long out. Right. Well, Long wasn't doing you much anyway. No, uh, but. He was good enough right. at the beginning of the year to, to be, be a, starter. a starter. Right, that's right. So you're down two guys there. Um, I thought the defense played pretty good, all things considered. Um, you know, Khalil Mack got back in the action, had a yep. force fumble, had a sack. Yep. Um, the Bears should have scored a touchdown on that, but two linemen were fighting for the ball, tripping over each other oh like a, a couple of drunk oxes. Um, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but all in all, it's just, you know, it's just kind of the same as what we've seen. I mean, this team is just so it's poorly coached. There was a situation in the in the I don't remember, it was either the end of the third or early in the fourth quarter. Bears score a touchdown and go up nineteen to seven. Okay. Get to twenty one. So because some nerd yep. in a in a computer lab what they say. decided that it's better to go for two than one what here. Is, what does the card say? That's what everybody says. So to, so to go up by 14 yes. instead of 13, they decide to go for two. Mm-hmm. So they line up, they get out there, and something happens and Nagy ends up calling a timeout on a two-point conversion. <laughs> and they're showing, during the game, they're showing Bear fans in the crowd, and you can see people, they're looking at each other going, what the fuck? you got two hands on the heads. you got people just looking down, shaking their head. Like, have, have, like have, why are you calling a timeout here? Have you, okay, so you've been watching all the games. Have you seen the garbage bag hat yet? No, no, because okay. at least they're, they've got some wins. Right, but, okay. So they call the timeout, run back out there with the play they want called. Run the play, convert the two-point conversion. Right. Flag. <laughs> Pass interference for one of these oh my. one of these dumbass pick rub bullshit calls that the referees have been making this year. Yep. So they call that. Bears are going crazy. Nagy's arguing. Okay, so they move it back. They gotta run it again. Another flag. Illegal substitution on the Bears. So to make a long story short, the point after attempt is now 48 yards. There's no way Pinero's making that. He did not make that. <laughs> so instead of just kicking the goddamn thing yep. from the get-go, and go, t- going up 13. How much time did you waste on that whole series? Too much. Yeah. You, get, you end up pissing down your leg and end up missing the extra point, so you're only up 12 anyway. 
So it's just like that's the kind of crap that when you watch this team week in and week out, you're seeing the lack of attention to detail, um, the the shoot-yourself-in-the-foot kind of garbage that they keep doing. Um, They're 5-6. and Somehow they're technically still in In the mix. That's right. I mean, they're three games behind Minnesota. So, I mean, it it would have to be an all-time Viking calamity collapse for the Bears to even be in the mix. And then you'd have to say that the Rams would have to collapse and the Eagles would have to collapse too, which none of this is all going to happen. No, they'll show the screen of who's alive and who's in the lead and who's next and whatever and still in it, and they're the last team down there. But then then they did something um, yesterday, the Bears did, that I've seen them do periodically throughout the season, and I've seen a few other teams do it, and it kind of got me thinking, you have your segment on JVL with Ashley Goldberg's gripes and Peter Griffin on Family Guy had what grinds his gears. This is kind of in the same vein. Yeah, I like this. What is with this fucking quick punt shit? (laughs) The Bears have their offense on the field on like their own 30 Mm -hmm. with like nine minutes to go in the second quarter, and they run the offense back out there, okay? You're not going for it. It's seven to six in the second quarter, and then, like, they run the play clock down to, like, 15, and then, like, all of a sudden, everybody runs off the field, and then they run the punt team on the field. I don't understand that because then the referees basically have to let the, the other team substitute, correct. and then they change the ball. What is this? So basically, the element of surprise has been taken away. Just kick the ball. What have we said, though, all year when we're watching Packers and Bears? It's getting your, your as Coach O says, you're overworking the BB. Yep. You're, you're trying too hard. You're getting too cute. Yep. You're thinking you can outsmart the other guys. When at the end of the day, you just look around, you're like, well, that was pointless. Yeah, and, and, in, the, and in the case of those two teams, it's... Two young guys in their first head coaching job, and it's almost like they have to prove they're smart enough to have the job. Or it's like, dude, you got the job. Or they're trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, just just play football. Right. You're not fooling. It'd be it'd be one thing if the defense couldn't sub. Right. Yeah. It'd be one thing if you could do that, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, all we've got back there are our two safeties. And they're 35 yards from where the kick's going to land. Or if you have a running back or a receiver or a kicker who has experience punting and you're not worried about kicking it into the end zone, and all of a sudden you drop some guy yes. way back and they get it and they just boot it away for, you know, 30, 35 yards. But I, I just, there are certain things in football that drives me nuts. The Last night in the Packer game, they get to the line of scrimmage with like 10 seconds left in the third quarter and they don't snap the ball. Snap the ball! Or or just don't or even, just don't go to the line. Like, don't don't I, even break. The I don't get that. Yeah. that that's a football thing that is just beyond my capabilities of understanding. I don't get. Are you? Do you? Is nobody paying attention? Are you trying to trick somebody? Maybe I don't get it. Maybe they go up to the line. And they figure if somebody's not paying attention, then we'll quick snap. Otherwise, we're just going to stand here. I don't know. I don't know the gamesmanship involved, but it certainly seems like a giant waste of time. Like. Why'd you do that? Well, and, and especially last night in a Packer game, it's like, dude, the clock's your enemy. 
Right. You should be trying to run a play every goddamn second you can because you're down 30 points. If you if if you run a play at the end of that quarter and Rodgers throws a pick, fuck who cares? Right. I was I and and I was on Twitter last night after I went to bed at halftime, but I was then I looked on stuff first thing this morning. I'm reading a lot of the beat writers and some of the NFL guys and you know that aren't invested in in the Packers and a lot of them said it's amazing how still slow and lethargic Green Bay was on offense getting to the line when you just said it. The clock is your enemy. Totally. Totally. Like, why are we going down to the last two or three or one second left on the play clock? Right. You can't get going? But but but, but we saw the opposite earlier in the year when they were winning a game, and they're snapping it with 10 seconds left on the clock. So Right, and, the, and, the, I don't, and I don't they know. said to slow it down, and like, do you not know? Well, it just comes down to not knowing the situation and not, not figuring out but what if, you need to do when. But if Aaron Rodgers doesn't know, who knows? Well, that's true. Or Ooh. or his coach just said, I don't care. This is what we're doing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. So well, that, that, that That's me getting wound up about the Bears. Now let's hear you get wound up about the Packers. Well, I only have a half to get wound up on, but I, a lot of the stuff that I read this morning, it was evident in the first half uh, and in the second half. And, and you basically said the same thing. You texted me on the first uh, – the first strip sack of Rodgers, which I didn't think it was a fumble at first glance, and they showed, I didn't either. showed the opposite view replay, and the ball was out, yep. so okay, fine. Yeah, it's a fumble, correct call, um, and then they punch it in the next play. It was all preceded, and again, you talk about, I don't know, deflating penalties. They had one right out of the gate that was, one, stupid to do, and second, a very soft call to follow up on. Agree on both, and and Devonte Adams spent a good part of today on Twitter complaining mocking, yes. about it and That's mocking right. it. But it's like, why do you need to do, do it? it? You're the one yeah. that five feet out of bounds after the play is dead had, went up and chest bumped a dude in his back. Yep, had, you had, did it. Had had to give him a shoulder. Is bump. it a soft call? Of course, it's a soft call. I, but, I mean, but why do you I, need to? I don't believe that there should even be a rule of taunting in professional sports. No throat slash, no, no stepping over guys. No, 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 no. If you, it, dude, if I dunk on your head, I should be able to tell you about it. <laughs> you know, if I smash you and you're the quarterback, I should be able to stand over you and preen a little Point bit. Point you a little bit. Why, and why not? Like, you stay your ass down there yes, or something like that. I, I, these are grown ass men. Let them be grown men. Well, Let, then, whatever. Then to me, that would also lead to those grown ass men doing a, a Miles Garrett and losing complete control of themselves. Well, and then we have more skirmishes and fights and then ejections. Maybe. But. Maybe maybe that's a way to learn your lesson. You can do that, but there are yeah, you got, you there's gotta consequences. Hold, you got to hold yourself. It's like when in in the the Aaron Jones the waving bye bye thing right. or guy yeah, like that's right. you get a flag for that. That's stupid. Right. Why would they flag Dion now for his oh strut when he, when he when he would always start striding at about the fifteen yard line? Probably Either returning a kick or, a, or an High interception stepping. for it. Yeah, right. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Packers get smashed. Um, that's not surprising, and and you put down here Rogers' worst game of, as a pro. I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm no, just asking. I, that's what I would think. One point seven yards average per pass play. That's embarrassing. There aren't very many games I can remember with him where he looked defeated in the first quarter, and the rest of the game he kind of didn't want to be there. 
Just check out. We're, we're done. It kind of looked like it's it, didn't like, it? It's like when you ha- are facing a third and 12 or 15. You know we're not going for it. You know we're going to have a, a, draw. Del- a delayed draw yeah. or a bubble screen or something that, that we don't plan on picking up as many yards as it takes to move the sticks. So we're just going to forfeit this series. They didn't convert a third down all night until he was out of the game. That's that's unbelievable. That's, that's amazing to me. Well, neither and- team... Neither team had converted one until the 49ers converted like three in a row on their last touchdown drive, which is just, they were like 0 for 30. That's crazy. Um, He was under pressure all night. He got sacked five times. The offensive line lost. Bulaga, Alex Light was in. They couldn't handle everybody on that line. But I think think what Michael told me um, this morning or or late last night, are those three or four first-round picks? All four. Yeah. So you got some talent. Well, they're supposed to be good. Well, right. Yeah. 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 So so you you got some talent there. Well, and they talked Um, about it during the game a little bit last night. John Lynch is the general manager, former Tampa mm -hmm. safety. And he said, I know from my own playing days, when you have four dudes that don't, when you don't have to blitz. Right. And you can rush with your four down linemen. And they can get there. Everybody else, it's instead of one, you know, one 1,000, two 1,000 and the ball's out versus Five one thousand in the balls out. It's a lot different in coverage. There's a reason they say the game is won in the trenches on both sides. Right. That's all you need. You start building your offensive line. You start building your defensive line. Then you don't need elite talent at all the other positions. You can get by with some guys right. in in various positions. But if you got good guys up front, it sorts out a lot of other things. In San Francisco, I mean, they don't have elite guys in the secondary. They don't have elite linebackers. Sherman is well, I mean, a they, Hall of Famer, but he's, he's not what he was. Right. He's he's still good, but he's not what he was. But everything revolves around the guys up front. Yeah. Um, and they and they made Rodgers pay, obviously. I, I don't under... And taking Aaron Jones out of the game, like I looked at the touches and what they... And I said this this morning. And, and, and you've got Rodgers constantly defending this, and I don't understand why. Because to me, if you look at the times that they've been successful, the offense was almost at its peak when he had to distribute the ball to Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard, Marcus uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, um, Geronimo Allison when he wasn't dropping it, Jimmy Graham, he, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, he had to give the ball to all of those guys. Since Devontae Adams comes back, come, has come back, they have targeted him specifically and tried to get him the ball and virtually ignored a lot of other people on plays. And he says, and Rogers constantly says that this guy's an all pro. We need to get him the ball. We need to do this. Well, to me, when you're watching, you're doing it at the expense of everybody else that has made you successful in the offense. So maybe you just need to take it as it comes. Not design anything, we need to get Devontae the ball on this one, or we're designing this to him to get open, and don't worry about everybody else. Or I Again, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I'm just looking at the, the big picture and what the stats and what the success tells me. And right now, I'm not saying, and I said it this morning, I'm not saying bench the guy, obviously. I'm not saying trade him or anything like that, but you can't make the dude a focal point of the offense when it's detrimental to who you're facing. I mean, I I just don't, don't understand how one relates to the other, but... That's clearly, to me, one of the problems. Uh, it's the football version of Ethan Happ last year on the Badgers and Marcus Howard on Marquette this year. When you have a guy that is your best guy, you want to you you almost feel obligated to go through them 
but it is a detriment to everybody else because everybody else doesn't get to shine. Right. And it's much easier to defend. If I can just, you know, put a safety over the top on Devontae Adams all game long and you're still going to throw over there all the time, then I can single cover everybody else. I don't have to worry about doubling Jimmy Graham. I don't have to worry about Jones coming into the flat. Same thing with the basketball last year with Hap. They throw the ball into Hap. It wouldn't come back out. So everybody just sank in, and they either doubled him or they fouled him, and then he couldn't make a free throw. So it, it I, I, it's I, a weird thing. Yeah. You see it a lot with wide receivers. Um, I think that it's just it's something with that position. It's just it's the divaness of the position, yeah. and I, and I don't even think I don't even think Devontae Adams is particularly diva ish. He's, he's not like it. he's not an Odell Beckham or T right. O or anything yeah. like that, but. You know, when you have a great guy, I mean, look at um, look at Stafford when he had Calvin Johnson, and then Calvin Johnson leaves, and then all of a sudden they make, they have a couple of good years because he starts throwing everybody else on the team. So, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't get the defending when people ask him that, and it's you know, no, we need him in there, and no, we need to give him the ball, and no, we need to do that. Well, you're ignoring all these other talented pieces that you have, and if again, you just wa- you just look at your past success. I I don't know how you can say that we are better with what we're doing and the games we roll out when I suck, when I've been really good, when I've distributed it to seven or eight different guys. Well, and I think that he's correct that they need him and they're at their best when he's there. Don't disagree. But then it's on you and and Ro- you, Rogers and Lafleur, to use him as a decoy a little bit more. You know, put him in different positions. Maybe instead of always lining him up on the left, throw him in the slot once in a while and just... Whatever, mix it up a little bit. But, yeah, if you keep doing the same thing and you're trying to force-feed a guy 12, 15 targets a game, it's going to be tough to do. So coming out of the bye week, pretty disappointing. They said they yeah. said the offense self-scouted the defense, defense self-scouted the offense. That I, I don't know what that does. That's a McCarthy thing. I don't know that what it what. Yeah, and we can move past that. Um, but very, very flat, um, pretty ugly. Everybody is that concerning to you as a fan coming out of the bye week that way? Because McCarthy teams were always very good out of the bye. Uh, it doesn't bother me. It's a long trip. Um, I don't know how many guys stayed behind in the bye week. They should have been refreshed. They probably were. Um, everybody seemed in the stadium uh, walking in. Everybody was heard, pumped up. I had heard this, and I'm not sure if it's factual. I think I heard it on the Drew Olson show. Okay. Did Rodgers go to Australia? No, break? no, he said previously he has left the country. Oh, he, okay, okay. He, he wasn't planning on doing they, that this they, time. They brought that up, and yeah. it's like, dude, that's like a 20-hour flight. Like, no. you can't do that in the middle of a season. No, I, I and, and I, I played a cut from him, um, I think, last week. Uh, he talked on, like, a Monday or something like that, and... Uh, he said, "Normally, normally I leave. I sometimes leave the country during bye weeks." But he said he wasn't planning on sure. doing that. I don't know where he was going, but but he said he wasn't going to do that. It's but. not a it, not like Tony Romo, Jessica Simpson down right. down in Mexico. Exactly. Or, yeah. No, I don't think well, so. Well, here, so, here's the question though: who who is this team? I have no fucking idea. Um, and Michael and I were talking about this yesterday. It's. Uh, okay, so you get maybe a home game. You still win the division. If you split with the Vikings, maybe you wind up with more wins. I don't know at this point. So maybe maybe you do get a home game. But I, I don't know that you go on the road and necessarily do anything. You're, you're, you're beating the bad teams, and you're losing to some good teams with a couple of wins against so-so teams. So, I, I mean, I, 
I'm not kidding myself that I have Super Bowl aspirations. Do I think they're good enough for the playoffs? I think that they've shown that they are. Clearly, their win total will probably suggest that. But I don't think you can count them anymore in in the top of the league, and I I'm, I really never did because you have, they have these games where they just get absolutely destroyed for no reason whatsoever. I'm not going to sit here and I think the 49ers have a better talent on their roster. I think they're really good in a couple position groups, and I think they exploited some things with Green Bay. And I think Green Bay shot themselves in the foot with with how they tried to attack them. So I think you add all that up, and it's like, I can't bank on this team to perform well when it counts. This was, in essence, a playoff game for them. A road playoff game that meant a lot Mm -hmm. in terms of of postseason seeding and where things are going to line up and they stunk. Well, you can kiss the championship game in Green Bay goodbye. For sure. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things that have to happen for for yeah. that to be a reality. But, you know, and this was a little bit of mentor kicking the mentee's ass, too. For sure. You know, with Shanahan yep. and Lafleur. But, you know, I look at this team. Um, I think they're at best the fourth best team in the NFC. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. No. I don't see them beating... You're, in order to make the Super Bowl, if you're Green Bay, you have to beat two of the Niners, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Vikings. You have to beat two of those teams to make the Super Bowl. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I went back again and looked at the schedule. They're eight and three now. They're going to win their next two. They're going to be Giants, ten and three. Redskins, yep. The Bear game. You, you know, ninety percent they're going to win, but right, it's but a Bear game. You it, never it'll, know. It'll be a slog. But they should. Yep. So you're 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 what? You're eleven and three mm-hmm. with the Vikings on the road, and they're going to beat the Lions with Jeff Driscoll. You so you're thirteen and three, twelve and four. You're probably the two three seed. Um, but I don't know, man. Like they should have lost to the Lions. They probably lose to Casey if Mahomes plays. Yep. You might lose to Carolina if Newton plays. Um, so. Yeah, I, it's just it's hard. It's been hard to put a finger on who this team is all year. I think they're solid. You know, um, they're they're. It seems like every year in football, and I didn't have time to go back and look, but there's always a bad team that's actually pretty good. You know, there's always like a seven and nine, eight and eight team where you're like, God, how how are they like a Pittsburgh? Like last year when they were nine and six, you're like, dude, they shouldn't be nine and six and one. That team's too good. Right. And sometimes there's a team that goes twelve and four, like the Bears last year. Yep. We were like, how the fuck did that? Right. The Packers are kind of in that boat to me. They're going to have a really good record, but you look at I don't the, know. You look like, at the body of work, and, yeah. And, and to me, you examine the losses more closely, and 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 then you look at the close wins, and you're like. That's probably telling you stuff that the box score isn't. I mean, they their two best wins of the year, I would say, are at home against Oakland when they blew them out, and o- but Oakland was like their third game on the road in a row, and one of them included like going to London. So they were a mess. And then the other one would be going down to Dallas and winning. But Dallas hasn't beat anybody any no. good in like five years. No. Every time... I looked at the, they're zero and four against anybody any good this year, and they're six and zero against the crap. So I don't know if that means anything. It's a road game, so okay, but I I, I don't know. I'm not. I just don't know about this Packers team. Me neither. And I and I haven't known from the start of the year, and so far with all the ups and downs, it hasn't it hasn't solidified anything for me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I and don't. That's fine. I don't think they're bad, but, but I don't think they're elite either. New coach, new scheme. You know, new players. Whatever. You know. 
maybe it takes more than a year to figure out what you got. You just kind of take this year and you say, I'm just going to get what comes. I don't know. Well, I know what you don't got. You don't have a second receiver. Well, that's true. And you don't have a tight end. I'm ready for Geronimo Allison to be done. Whew, I'm I'd ready, be ready for Jimmy I'm Graham, ready for to, be Jimmy Graham to be done. But the problem is... I thought, he, I thought he knocked himself out last night. That, that the, the, one, the falling catch? Oh. Whiplash was bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, he, and he and got up I'm, really I don't slow. care what whoever was it, Dean Blandino, whoever the hell they were talking to, that's not a catch. No. I'm sorry, it's no, not. No. You you could well he got one, two, he had the ball, and then on the third he went down and then the ground and the impacted it's not a catch. No, no. I, you, you can't tell me that's a catch. If the, if the Des Bryant catch is not a catch, then that sure as hell ain't a catch. So, so anyway, Packers Well uh, and and your boy Bulaga. Oh, Mr. Glass. We, we we knew he was gonna make Mr. an exit Glass. at some point. Yep, first quarter. You know, and, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um Collinsworth had said it on a night game previously and he said it again last night where, you know, when you lose your tackle, it's really hard to recover. That's that's true. When you lose your tackle in the middle of the game, you're done. Right. It's first, one thing if you can scheme for it going into the week, first but when quarter you lose a like, dude in the first quarter against four number yeah. one picks. No. Joey Bosa was licking his lips as soon as he saw that backup come in. For sure. Yep. All right, around the league. Um, Nick Bosa, whatever, whatever right, well, Bosa. Whichever one it is, yeah. it doesn't matter. Cocky All right. bastards. So <laughs> let me go through a couple of scores. I don't have them up on my phone, but um, I know I read them this morning. We don't need to go over the Thursday game um, again, but uh, we already went over the Bears. The, uh, the Lions in the division. Jesus. Uh, Driscoll threw three picks, and that's a bad loss to the Redskins. And the only thing I take away from that game is Haskins is a complete idiot for for posing for a selfie with a fan when he's got to go out and take a kneel down on the last series. I, I Case Keenan probably looks around going, wait a minute, i got to go in for this somebody shit. Somebody at work brought that up to me today. We were talking about it, and I said I I would bench him. He, yeah. would, he would not play next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. What are you doing? What are you you have you have to show, especially a rookie, that you want to be your franchise guy. Like mm-hmm. that's not acceptable, right? Well, the resurgence of the Falcons didn't last too long because no. they got throttled by the Buccaneers. Um, Bills over the Broncos. A lot of these games were just kind of like, yeah. And I think we said that last week. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot on the menu that was Mm-mm. particularly appetizing. Um, Steelers keep the Bengals winless, but I think the bigger story is Rudolph gets benched. Yeah, down to your third-string quarterback for yeah. Pittsburgh, and they're still 6-5. and five. Pretty impressive. Browns lay the wood to the Dolphins. Congratulations. Nothing really accomplished there. Um, the Saints and the Panthers sounded like a good game. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. Three points. Sounded like it was some uh, quite a bit of drama at the end, another blown pass interference. Well, actually, it was a pass interference overturn against the Saints. Well, they actually overturned a pass interference. Yep. Inside, like, the five that gave Carolina uh, a first and goal, and they couldn't convert, and then their kicker missed, like, a 25-yard field goal, and the Saints went down and kicked one and one. So that's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, this one actually surprised me when I saw the score because Oakland had been playing okay at times, and he just got steamrolled by the Jets. Yeah. What where, the where, hell? Where did that come from? I don't know. I just not ready to play. I guess no. Um, the Eagles. I just don't think they're that good this year. Dude, everybody on their team's hurt. Like, if you click on that and look at the stats, you will not know who the you will never have heard of any of their receivers other than Zach Ertz. Okay, they had a dude on there with like three last names, and I'm like, 
Box. It's not Smith Schuster. I don't know him. Box score, Eagles receiving. Yeah. Philadelphia receiving. Ertz, uh, Jordan Matthews. He got cut today. <laughs> he had three catches for 27. I don't know who Godert is, Ward is, or uh, our Sega Whiteside. Yeah. Went to Stanford. He's in his... So they cut Matthews today. Deshaun Jackson's played like one and a half games. Right. Alshon Jeffrey's hurt every other week. Jordan Howard's hurt now. I mean, they got no help. Wentz has got no help. Right. I feel for the guy. Yeah. The guy I, that, that's supposed to be a good team. As a team I thought was going to win the NFC, but they have just been banged up all year. And the Seahawks, once again, they just do what they do. Yep. And it's not flashly. Nope. 17 to 9. It's not dominating, but you're on the road. You just go and get it done and go home. It's pretty good for having the number two guy in the MVP conversation. Ooh, just. Uh, that's for you, Joe. Needling. I like it. Uh, Titans lay the wood to the Jaguars. 42 points. But, I mean, it's the Jaguars. And then um, I really liked the field conditions. Uh, yesterday in the first half for the Patriots and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That looked like it would be absolutely miserable to attend, but fun to play in. Yeah, so hey, let's throw the ball, huh, Dallas? No kidding. What are you doing? We don't have a $15 million no, running, running back, back in the best right. offensive line no. in football. Let's throw it. <laughs> and then you've got uh, the Ravens and the Rams tonight in L.A. I hope that's a good game. I hope L.A. is not on the way down, but this would, this would, this would really help... Um, Lamar Jackson's MVP candidate, and, and, sure. and if the Rams lose, it'll you'll really kind of start to clear up the NFC. Oh, for sure. You, you know, them they dropped six and six. Yep. So for sure. All right, you want to run down the playoff picture? Yeah, uh, AFC. We've got the uh, Patriots at ten and one, Baltimore eight and two with the game going tonight. Houston seven and four, KC seven and four. Those are your division leaders. Buffalo at eight and three. Uh, your top wild card, and then Pittsburgh, Oakland, Indianapolis, and Tennessee, all six and five, and the Browns at five and six. Um, so per, it looks like you're going to be pretty set with five of those six going forward. You know, Houston, Indy, and Tennessee within one game of each other in the South. So one of them will probably make the playoffs. The others. I can't imagine. They're probably just going to end up beating each other at the end of the year anyway. Don't be surprised but, if, if Cleveland might actually get to 9 or 10 wins. Well, they play Cincinnati twice. That's yeah. what I mean. They're, they're la- and they play Pittsburgh this week. Their last five games are very, very favorable. They are. They are. So and, don't uh, be surprised. God, I, mean, I would hate that. I don't want to see them get in the playoffs. It wouldn't bother me. Uh, NFC, uh, Niners 10-1, and one, Saints 9-2, and two, Packers 8-3, and three, Cowboys 6-5, and five, and Dallas. Dallas is just... Begging Philadelphia to take this division from them. Um, Seattle top wild card nine and two. Vikings at eight and three. They were coming off a bye this week. Uh, Rams six and four going into tonight, and then the Bears, Eagles, and Panthers sitting at five. It's and six. amazing that the Seahawks could have the second best record in the NFC and still not get one of the two top seeds yeah. and have to go play somebody. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, amazing. and and so they would be what? They would be the top wild card. So, so they'd, they'd play, be the five. They'd play the crappiest. They'd probably play at Dallas. Yeah. You know, or at Philly, That's whoever winnable. wins that division. Yeah. That's winnable for sure. And then you'd have the Vikings playing either the Saints or the Packers. Right. I don't think the Packers want to play them three times. I would not. Uh-uh. No way. No. No chance. Even if you beat them a second no. time. Uh-uh. Too, I don't think they're, they're winning. They're too good to beat three times. I don't I think. think they're winning the Dome this year. 
they're they're not going up here. And, and I think it's the last. Is it the last game or second to last game? I can't remember. Second to last. It's not. They're going to go up there. They're going to lose a close one, or they're going to get steamrolled. There's no way they're winning. Yeah. So, all right. Looking ahead to the Thanksgiving Day games. This is enough to make you vomit. Oh God. Uh, Bears and Lions. I'm going to be drinking early on Thursday. <laughs> Cowboys and Bills. If wait a minute. Just go back to the first game. Sure. If Trubisky gets a turkey leg at the end of that game, I might punch my mom's dog. <laughs> Just putting it out there. I five, said I five. said might. Hold on. I said might. Hold on. I'm, I'm... Trubisky gets a turkey leg. Hold on. We gotta write it. We gotta write a new Animal note. control might be on notice. I gotta write a new note. I might punch my mom's dog. Yeah. Okay. That's the title for our podcast. Yep. Always want to make sure we have one. That'll be followed up with the Bills at the Cowboys. That would be great if it was the rematch of the Super Bowl caliber teams from those years ago, but that's not happening. No, These are but two they're two. Uh, but, well, but they're playoff teams. They are playoff teams. How is Buffalo eight and three anyway? Uh, and then, they beat the Jets and the Dolphins four times. Jesus. That's how. <laughs> Saints at the Falcons. I hope that's good. I mean, it's a it's a battle of two offenses that really should be just humming, and it it should be a track meet. If the Saints score less than thirty, I'll be shocked. Okay, because they played two weeks ago and they didn't score a touchdown, so they're going to be pissed off looking and that for was revenge. At home, right? That was at home, yeah. But you know, dome, dome, it don't really matter. Well, all right, let's go through the rest of the week, and you've got a little bit better schedule. There's three really, really good games next week. Yep, and it starts off with the Niners traveling all the way to the other coast to take on the Ravens. So it's a short week for Baltimore yep. because because they're playing tonight on Monday. Um, but a long trip for the Niners. Correct. Yeah. Um, so maybe that evens out. I'll be really curious to see about the point spread. I would imagine it, it'll be three or less. Yeah, probably maybe even a pick them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you had mentioned the the Browns play the play the Steelers. That's in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tampa Bay is is at Jacksonville. God, um, where is Tampa Bay as far as record? I think they're four and seven. Okay, I I thought they were closer to five hundred, but I guess not. Philadelphia is at Miami. Junk. Jets at Cincinnati. Ugh. Junk. Packers at Giants. Junk. <laughs> Washington at Carolina. Junk. Yeah. Tennessee at Indianapolis. Yeah, it, it it matters. Yes, it matters. I don't know that it'll be very quality football, but it, I mean that's like a thirteen to ten game, you know. Rams at Cardinals, junk. Uh, Chargers at Denver, junk. Oakland at Kansas City matters for first place. Yeah, I guess. but I, I mean, on the road, Oakland coming off this shellacking. Right. And, and Kansas City coming off a bye week, and now they have uh, to go to Arrowhead. That's gonna be that could be a rough one. Um, New England at Houston, hopefully will be good, I would imagine. And then I would really, really like to stay up and watch that Viking-Seahawks Monday night game. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be interesting um, who comes out of that. And and depending on what happens on Sunday, you know, if the Niners lose at Baltimore, Seahawks would have a chance to take over first in the West. If the Packers somehow lost to the Giants the Vikings would have a chance to take over first in the north. So um, that's going to be a big one. All right, that is our uh, NFL breakdown for uh, almost 40 minutes. So now we've got about a little over 20 to cram everything else in. Um, We just can touch on Badger football. They're up a spot in the AP. 
they have a really horrible, ugly first half, and they turn it around against Purdue, and then they whoop the Boilermakers. Um, and I, I think what you put down here is probably true because we've seen Wisconsin look past opponents before. I don't know how you can't thoroughly dominate a third-string quarterback at Purdue, no Rondale White, and they don't have their best defensive guy either. And you struggle. And to me, from what I watched in the first half, and I think you watched a little bit of it too, again, here's Kristen Rudolph getting too cute. Yeah, they're They're not going back to what, their strength is, and what you should do to hapless opponents. And that is absolutely pound the shit out of them. There's no reason to get all cutesy. There's no reason to do anything than take Taylor and run him until he gets stopped. Mm-hmm. And I understand they haven't, they've kind of limited his carries this year because they are just in love with Garrett Groshek for some <laughs> reason. And I don't get that, even though I think probably, even though I think he's a freshman, Nikia Watson is probably a better running back. Right. Um, but Groshek can do more things. But I, I just, I didn't understand what what was going on. And then they just turned it up in the second half and put him away. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a little bit looking past him. And I'm sure there was a little bit of, yeah, we're playing a third stringer. We're playing a walk on. But here's the thing. You know? You're always jacked up for senior day. You should be. Exactly. You, so you should be able to go out and, and just beat the daylights out of this team. God, did you see the student section again? I mean, I don't really. No. It, 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 no the other a end, lot of the end people, zone in front of the field house. It was damn near empty. Yeah. A lot of people get wound up about that. I typically don't. But it's like, man, it's senior day yeah and, uh, it, and, and, and it was it was a what two th- three o'clock kick yeah plenty of time guys nobody should be absolutely fall down drunk by then no you, you should be time to there should be time to get in and do your thing so anyway that's um, one of those things where i wonder if they served beer at camp randall if they would have a better student turnout because well, i think a lot of times with with and i i mean i remember being that age it's like you almost have to be really drunk when you get there, right? Because so because by the by the third quarter when sober. it wears off yep. and you sober up, you want to leave anyway. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't. From, I don't know if that'll ever change. From the articles Randall, that but. I've read, it seems to be a problem with the way they get the students in. There's one entrance, for, and they did say for that four sections. They said that on the game that it's single file. It is because it's if you really watch them come in from from the various entrances on the on the on the concourse or whatever, they just fill in in single file. Right, right. Like it's not just so. A is massive, there not assigned seats? I don't think so. It's just you get and you get. Uh. Whatever you want, you want to be in line and get down to the front. You got to be there early, but I don't know. It sounds like it. It is slow. I have never been at a Badger game and not been in the stadium before the kickoff, or want to go around just to see how long it takes the students to get in. Somebody would. I would love for somebody to tell me that's just walking around the stadium midway through the first quarter. Just go around the back near the McLean Center and then by the practice field outside and just tell me how long the line is. Because if the line is super long then I can't make the students right, not filling right. in argument anymore. Right. It's the fact that the stadium and, and, and the university got to do something to get that better. But if kickoff's equipped. at 11-10 and they're all showing up at quarter to 12, that's, probably that's true a little too. different. That's probably yeah. true, too. So, um, obviously, big game, 2.30 kickoff for Minnesota. Game day um, will be up yep, there. Game day is going to be up there. First time they're, they're going to be up there, battle for the axe. It probably be cool. the, the most um, 
riding on oh for sure a Badger Minnesota game for both maybe ever for both yeah yep because because they're the either one can have the division in in the West to go get pounded by Ohio State and the axe just got taken by Minnesota last year yeah so I mean there's a couple of things there that that for they're sure. going to be hyped for and I'm I'm kind of and I think the weather's supposed to be really shitty in Minneapolis um I think it's supposed to be the rain snow mix or just snow so I mean this could be mm, run the ball this could be fun could be fun. All right, let's move on to college hoops. Um, Badgers in this Legends tournament. Uh, Richmond tonight, they take on the winner or loser of Auburn, New Mexico um, tomorrow, and they just they just beat UW-Green Bay where they actually <laughs> shot the ball pretty well. I think I had a, a commentary that morning of the day before. It's like, you know, shooting has been bad, don't have a lot of good shooters in the team, and then they went out and they shot well. Yeah. T- typical, that happens. Right, right. Um, so, but And then they're facing a Richmond team tonight. Um Forty-seven percent from three, fifty-one percent overall from the floor, and a small school. But Badgers defense can fluster some people. Yeah, Richmond's had a solid program off and on over the years, so I'm sure they'll be competent tonight. And then, yeah, if, uh, tomorrow the Badgers will play the winner of Auburn, New Mexico. Probably Auburn. I think they're ranked what 18. seventeen, eighteen. Yep. We're a Final Four team last year, coached by uh, Bruce Pearl. Brucey boy, yeah. So. Um, yeah, that would definitely be a test for the Badgers early on tomorrow. Um, can 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 we just can we move on from Micah Potter? It's done. It's done. I mean, Jesus Christ! The other day after that came out, you'd have thought that the world ended up in Madison. Like the the incessant whining by the coaches and the and especially the local Madison media. I thought you were supposed to not work. I mean, I asked a friend of mine, does Tom Oates and uh, Jeff Patrikas, do they get their check directly from the UW Athletic Department signed by Barry, or do they actually, um, you know, kind of put it through the paper? Doing a little slurping. Like, what? You're supposed to be reporters. Yes. You're not an opinion columnist. Well, if you're a reporter, if you write an opinion column, it needs to be designated as an opinion column. But these guys that just go on. If it's a news story, you keep it news. Yeah, there's a difference. These guys, though, they go on Twitter and they're just whining and pissing and moaning. We all know the NCAA is a bunch of jackasses and they do what they want. No, period. Yep. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Is it unfortunate that the kids got to miss 10 games? Yeah, that kind of sucks. You're going to be nine and one or eight and two. I mean, let's be frank. Right. If you beat Auburn tomorrow, you're going to be nine and one. If you lose to Auburn tomorrow, you're going to be eight and two. You're fine. So it doesn't like it's not going to hurt the season. Um, you know, and it's funny. The Badgers always like to make everything about school. Whenever you talk to anybody about the Badgers and about UW, it's all Ooh, student athletes, student athletes, academics. They kept saying how great this Potter kid is, and, and I'm not even taking anything away from the kid. I'm sure he's a good kid, and he's a good student, and blah, 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 and he did everything that a student athlete's supposed to do. It seems like he did everything right. I'm sure he did. Why'd he transfer? Because he probably wasn't playing. Exactly. He didn't wake up one morning on the campus of Ohio State and I say, I don't like it here anymore. Jeez. Wisconsin sure does have a hell of a biology department. I think I want to go there now. This is a basketball move made by a basketball player because of playing time. Ohio State's ranked top 10 in the country right now. He Don't probably wasn't going to play on that Don't need team. Him. So he saw an opportunity in Madison. Badgers need a little big guy depth. You know, has he jumped through the proper hoops or not? I have no idea. 
for all intents and purposes by those Madison media guys that you love, it would seem that he has. But just calm down, folks. It'll be okay. Well, and they're saying you really feel bad for the kid. Well, do you feel bad for the kid or do you really want him on the exactly. team? Exactly. Do you feel bad for him or do you feel bad for yourself? Because you don't, you know, because you're down a player. Whatever. Move on. Okay. All right. Move on to Marquette. Bar- barely beating Robert Morris at home by four. <laughs> you were bitching about Jesus, that. Jesus, what the fuck? On our way to Verona. Marcus Saturday. Howard at half has zero shot attempts. I the guy. How does that happen? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he had two fouls. So unless he got him in like the first minute and Wojo just sat him the whole half, I, I don't know because the game wasn't on TV. But, whew, lucky to pull that one out. I mean, that's one of those ones where if you lose... Those are the ones that the committee looks at in March and goes, ugh. Mid-major at, right. ho- at home. And a four-point win. No, I'm saying if they lost. Oh, 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 if they lost, right. That's one where they look oh, that, at. They, that's a big you know, one. Circle it big and red. Winning by four or winning by 40 don't matter because you just win. As long as you You're win. You're supposed to win. But, you know, Marcus Howard, Sakar Annam, Brandon Bailey, three of their starters, they're just not really playing very well to start the year. Howard's only shooting 42% from the field. Adams twenty two percent from three, and and Brendan Bailey, who is a twenty one or twenty two year old sophomore because he went on a Mormon mission, so he's not it's not like he's a kid or an eighteen year old. He's supposed to be the guy to come in and and kind of replace some of the scoring for the Housers since they left. He's averaging three points a game. He's got fifteen points this year. He played five games, four games. What the hell is that? I don't know. So they got some issues. They they really struggled to score when Howard's not on the floor. I think the halftime score was like 20 to 18 the oh, other day. Sounds like a Badger game. Yeah. So they play uh they got Davidson coming up on the on the 28th, which is that is that Thanksgiving Day or is that the day after? 28th? Uh I think it's the day after. Okay. So they play Davidson and Davidson, you know, Famously, the home of Steph Curry. Yeah, that's right. Um, Bob McKillop is a is a very very good coach. They will be ready to go. Marquette better be or they're going to get beat. Twentieth is Thanksgiving. Plain and simple. So okay. that'll be a Thanksgiving evening game, I right. believe. Um, but yeah, you you better be ready to go or you're going to get beat. That's period. Pretty sad. All right, let's move to the NBA. Bucks. Um, you had you and I had talked about that on a road trip to Verona, but right now they're looking. Like and, and you had said, projected to eclipse their win total right now. And for the first part of the season, it's all been on the road. Yeah. And you even said that the, the couple of losses that they have could very well be wins easily. Yeah, ten of the, they're thirteen and three, so they're like a game ahead of their pace from last year. They're first in the East. Uh, ten of their first fourteen games were on the road, but they went eight and two in those ten games. Um, and one of the losses was on a buzzer beater to Utah. And the other loss, they were up 25 points in the third quarter and blew it against the Celtics. Um, could have won both of those games. And then on the home opener, they blew a 20-point lead to Miami. So they could have won that game. They could be 16-0 and very easily right now. Um, so they've won seven in a row, nine out of ten. Um, they've got kind of a, a, a nice stretch coming up at home where I think they've got 10 or 11 out of 15 at the five serve. Um, starting tonight, they yep. got Utah at home. That, that, that should be the they on the on the um, little 
pregame uh, rundown, preview, whatever it was. It, the phrase exact revenge was on there because yeah. they had a bunch of wins. They lost at Salt Lake, and then they had a bunch, and then they rattled off another bunch of wins. Yep. So Jazz tonight, no George Hill. He's he's sitting with some back spasms. Okay. Urson sat Saturday night with uh, uh, some foot problems. So the Bucks are a little banged up right now. But um, uh, home for Atlanta on Wednesday at Cleveland Friday and home for Charlotte on Saturday. So four games this week, uh, three games and four nights sandwiched around Thanksgiving. So a busy week for the team. Um, you know, Bledsoe is continuing to play very well um, in the absence of Middleton. He's really picked up a lot of the slack. Um, has a chance to potentially make the All Star team. He was close last year. I was year. just going to say they should they should have or might have had three All Stars. Yep, um, I think he's put himself in good position this year, especially with um, you know guys like Kyrie Irving that have missed a lot of games already um, at that position. So there might be a spot there. Kemba Walker just got hurt and uh, pretty not. Uh, it looked worse than it ended up being gotcha. neck injury. Um, so who knows how long he's going to be out. Uh, Brooke Lopez has just been awesome again this year. Um, I was glad they, they they resigned him. Well, it's a big reason why they didn't resign Brogdon. It was kind of an either or for them. And Ted Davis on his radio show the other day was talking about it, and he said um, Middleton's the second best player. Lopez is the second most important player on the Bucks, and his ability to stretch the floor offensively with knocking down the deep threes is is big for Giannis, but. What he allows them to do defensively, he sits back and basically plays goalie, kind of roams around, and the Bucks, the way the Bucks funnel their defense is they're, they're trying to run guys off the line and get you into that mid-range, and you see teams shoot a lot of floaters against the Bucks, and the reason for that is because of Lopez. Um, and those are not very high-percentage shots. It's, it's a two, not a three. Um, Brooks just been a very very steady guy again this year for them, and um, he's had a lot of foot problems earlier in his career. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood that we don't see any of that because he, other than Giannis, you know, if they lost him, they'd really be hurting. Well, yeah. So, because um, then you'd have to go to his brother, and Robin is not even close to the offensive capabilities that Brooke has. Did. Did um, Horst think that Brogdon getting away would be as big a problem with everybody else that is waiting to step into the wings or the rest of the team could pick up the slack with the either one guy, combination of guys, whether he signed somebody um, in free agency, which, you know, a couple of new guys, or guys that were already previously on the team. I mean, they knew they were going to leave, but did it make it more comfortable for him knowing what he either was going to get or already previously had in minimizing that loss? I think that they knew they had something with DiVincenzo and Sterling Brown. Okay. I, I, you know, they weren't expecting to have to start those guys this year, and with the Middleton injury, DiVincenzo's been forced into that and done well. Um, but I think they knew they had depth there. And then the addition of Wes Matthews. Right. You know, the thing with Brogdon and and – Nationally, the narrative has been the Bucks owners didn't want to pay the luxury tax by signing him. I'm sure there's some truth to that. Malcolm Brogdon wanted a bigger role. He was not going to get that on the Bucks. He was the fourth option, third at best. Um, 
He had also said some things over the last couple of years. I remember when the whole Sterling Brown police officer interaction, remember when Sterling got tased and all that went down. I remember Malcolm Brogdon saying that the city of Milwaukee was the most racist city he'd ever seen. And if you followed the Bucks the last couple of years, Brogdon is a very smart guy, thoughtful guy, liberal guy. Um, I don't think he wanted to live in Milwaukee. I, I just don't. Um, you know, if you're talking about I can get $85 million and live in Milwaukee or I can get $78 million and live in Indy, I think he just wanted to move. Okay. Um, but I think the Bucks have been fortunate. They've had, like I said, Brown and, and, and DiVincenzo have really stepped up. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals in 6 starts per game for DiVincenzo. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bucks are 6-0 and without Middleton. So they haven't really missed a beat without him. I mean, obviously you're not going to get where you want to go with him not playing. Um, but for right now, things have been going good. All right. So. All right, and our last uh, little bit, we moved to Major League Baseball and particularly the Brewers. Uh, it's not really a shock that Yasmani Grandal is not returning to the team next year. I think it was more of a shock of who he agreed to sign with or who ponied up the money. And I thought it was very odd because they had an all-star catcher this last year with the White Sox. Yeah. And they went ahead and they signed Grandal anyway because it's an upgrade and that's fine, but they threw a boatload of money. Biggest franchise contract. Well, he's basically making per year what he made with the Brewers yeah, last year. But it's just everybody a signed deal. a multi-year deal. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then they went a day later and they, they signed Abreu to a giant contract. Yeah, which was a guy that I had heard the Brewers were kind of looking at for, for first base. Um, you know, the Grandal thing, I, I liked him. Nice player. Um, not sure he's worth twenty million dollars a year at that position, especially you know going into his mid thirties. Um, so I, I I wish him nothing but the best. I I did find the reaction of Brewer fans to be very interesting, and then again, some of the Milwaukee Brewer media that decided to attack these fans for their their thoughts I thought was very interesting. I saw a lot of fans were basically, you know, anytime the Brewers lose anybody, everybody always goes to their cheap, which I think is typically unfair. Um, I'm not going to say unfair. It might be outdated. I don't think Mark Atanasio's got a secret vault of money like Scrooge McDuck that he's just unwilling to, to, to use. Swimming in. Yeah. That's right. Um, I think the I think the Brewers' payroll will be higher this year probably than it was last year. But what people forget is Josh Hader's going to get a raise. Brandon Woodruff's going to get a raise. Arcia uh, is probably going to get a raise. I mean, these these youngish guys on the Brewers that have a couple years of service time, they get raises as they go along. Zach Davies is probably going to get a raise. So it's not as simple as you can't just go, oh, well, Zach Davies only made $5 million last year. Well, yeah, but this year you might make seven and a half. So... You got to take that into effect. I'm a little disappointed that Grandal's not coming back because I like him and he's good. Um, I think the whole you don't want a 35 year old catcher at 20 million dollars a year is kind of a dumb argument because there's this thing called trades. Um, anybody can be traded. It's not hard. 
I mean, you could trade him to any American League team at any time, and he could be your DH, your first baseman, your catcher, whatever. Um, So I don't really buy that argument. But um, it's a little worrisome to me to see what he got, though. Um, And worrisome in the sense of what's Moustakis going to get? What's somebody going to throw at him? And and if they go out four years, I don't think you'll see him back in Milwaukee. I think... The only way I think he's back two. is on a two, maybe a three, maybe like a two and an option. Because um, I think he's 30, maybe, and I think Grandal was 31. Um, but now you're in a position where, what are you going to do at catcher? You've got Manny Pena, and you've got some of these guys in the minors like Freitas and Nottingham, but they really haven't proven that they can hit major league pitching yet. Moustakas is 31. So I saw Travis Darno, who was a guy the Brewers had been rumored to be interested in. He just signed with Atlanta. Um, you know, are the Brewers going to wait? Because they didn't sign Grandall last year to like February. Right. So are, are they going to wait and hope that there's one of these guys that's just hanging out that doesn't get signed? Are they going to maybe look at something on a trade route? I don't know. Um but the catching position and now first base with no Thames, no Grandal, those two spots, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. They And they don't really have any internal options that are super appealing. Or major league ready I mean, for, I like for, Manny, for the full thing. I like Manny Pena as much as anybody, but I like him for like 95 games. I don't really want him playing 135 because he's going to hit 210. Right. He's just not a hitter. Um so it's going to be fun to watch that going forward here in the winter. Um, okay. I don't know. I've, I've I've read a lot of stuff. I've heard some rumblings. I've heard the Brewers are going to be super busy this offseason. I've heard some crazy trade rumors that I'm not even going to get into because we'd be here another hour. <laughs> but um, I, I think that obviously this is going to be a completely different team than what we saw lose to uh, the Nationals a couple of weeks ago. Well, I just hope it's it's competitive both in the division and um, at the major league level because I don't really want to see any regression. From, I think from it, what from the momentum they built the last two I th- years. I think they'll still be very competitive. You know, again if, with the Brewers as always, it's going to boil down to their pitching. Um, and as fans, we like you know we like in January when you go to Brewers on deck that they sign Low Kane and they trade for Yelich and they sign Grandal. I mean that's cool and exciting. Um, but now that you've made the playoffs a couple years in a row and you kind of you, you see guys like Braun and Kane that are kind of at the end of their run here and you've got Yelich under contract for another two years, you don't know what's going to happen there. Your window's small. You don't, you know, haters two or three years away from him getting arbitration in free agency. Chances are you're not going to see him in a Brewer uniform past like 2021. Right. He's just going to get too expensive. So the window's small. Do you spend a bunch of money? Do you make some trades? Do you try? Do you try to just be smart? And I saw I saw something today that there was a guy, a, th- a 32 year old American guy. He's a pitcher. Was the Pitcher of the Year in Korea, in the Korean Baseball League, oh, and somebody wrote on there, somebody wrote on there David Stern special. Yeah, that's right, you know. Yep. So who knows? We'll see. Thames probably knows who he is. Oh yeah, that's right. Probably he probably did the what was it the Korean American Idol with him or something? <laughs> Remember that a couple of years ago you did <laughs> right. 
All right. Well, that's a lot of stuff crammed into our uh, Thanksgiving edition of the Intentional Foul. Again, you can uh, find us wherever that uh, podcasts are found. You, sub- you can subscribe. And if you uh, listen to our podcasts on the regular, thank you to the couple dozen of you that do. Um, tell your friends, say, hey, check these guys out. We would appreciate all the, uh, the, the, the listens or the subscriptions or whatever you want to call them uh, that you can get. So we got a couple of high school games. We'll, we'll try to dive more into the high school yeah, scene after the Thanksgiving yep, break. Yep. Um, we have our first girls basketball game under our belt, and uh, we got a, a, a girls game and a boys game coming up Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about after the NFL week and uh, the final week of the college football regular season. I think there's one more week after that. Um, and then um, we'll have a lot to we'll have a lot to discuss Monday next. And um, if I'm not in a turkey coma. On Thursday, I'm going to do an NBA pod. I know okay. I've been I know I've been talking about it. Yeah. I, I got sick, got busy. Um, I'm going to try to get something out for uh, for folks to listen to this weekend. We're cu- we're coming up on the quarter pole of the okay. season, basically. So, um, kind of give a state of the league, talk about some of the new things that they've um, the NBA has talked the, about the coming out with season tournament. All yep. That kind of so stuff. we'll get okay. into that a little bit. So, okay. unless I'm too drunk or in a turkey coma, all right. I'll try to get something on uh, on uh, wax here. All right, you can find us on Twitter at podcast follow. We're both on Twitter as well. Have a good Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you next time. Go Bucks. <laughs>